Lakers. How are you all? I hope whoever you are, wherever in the world you are listening, that you are safe and well and doing the best you can. I know a couple of you being in touch with me kind of individually, asking when the content is coming out again um, and explain some of the kind of circumstances and situations. But um, yeah, apologies for not, for not getting things out. But again, 2023 didn't start the best for me. I had a big kind of personal uh, life change that was quite difficult. And in the same week, I had that really, you remember I said I had a really exciting announcement and it was massive, it was a life-changing announcement, potentially. And that kind of um, got shelved all in the same week. So 2023 did not start the best for me. And then I've just been been really working without many kind of breaks. Um, I've even just had to take kind of a week off because I didn't manage to fit holidays in and, and days off to, with work. So it was being a bit manic and just been trying to catch up with things with my... Um, anyone that's got a child with any kind of disability will know that sadly at the moment everything's a fight just to get the things that they need and keep them going and keep them on their feet. So just doing that kind of getting the benefits that they require, um, those EHCPs and all those type of things in place so, uh, to enable them to kind of go forward and succeed is a lot of work. And just being a single parent, you know, it's been, uh, been quite difficult. So I'd, I'd sincerely apologise. I know also some of you have donated to the coffee and sent me emails and I haven't replied yet and I have just been so so busy um, also had other projects and kind of some journalistic things I've had to kind of finish and get done and the ADHD side with people kind of desperately needing help from my consultancy thing so I do that in my spare time for no money as well so I do apologise and I am desperately going to try and get some stuff out. So um, I thought I'd kind of tell you what I did in, I can't remember when it was now, but um, my lovely friend Amelia from Finland came over and she's making a documentary and it's all about the paranormal. And she came to kind of film me do some investigations and some other bits and bobs. So I thought I'd kind of fill you in on, on what we did and some of the things that occurred um, and some of the locations and what they meant and just to get some content out. Now, one of the locations, there's a story attached that um, my good friend Nathan, um, I'm going to try and interview him. We've, we've scheduled an interview a couple of times and then I didn't get back to him really late and been um, found it hard to tie him down as well because he works full-time, he's got his own business and he's a musician on top of that. So, um, But he's got a really kind of important story to tell that's attached to this. So I thought I'd get this out and then try and do some writing as soon as I can on, on this month's stuff and get a um, yeah proper show out. So that'll be good, won't it? I love doing it as well. It's just time, um, which I don't have much of. I've also, as I explained to a couple of you, um, been been kind of going to the gym as I found it, you know, really fights the fibromyalgia and the chronic fatigue, which has been, been such a life-changing situation. So I've been kind of doing that every every two days as well. So that's that's taken up a bit of time, but my goodness, anyone that does have fibromyalgia, I can't tell you how much positively it has impacted my life. So, but if you do choose to do that, make sure you have some kind of one-to-ones with a trainer who's, who's trained in that. Otherwise, otherwise you can overdo it and make it worse. So just for those initial se- sessions, uh, yeah, just get someone to kind of teach you how to do it. There's 
James's bit of life advice for the time. So yeah, just let's get back. Let's get into this. So Amelia, um, documentary maker from Finland, got in touch um, with each other, and we did a did an interview via Zoom, and she came over, and we did a bit more, and then she's came over this year, and we went to some different locations and did a few things, and it ended with something quite extraordinary. But I thought I'd tell you about some of the locations and why we went there first, and um, I thought it'd be quite interesting for a bit of content, and also a bit of a mystery at the end, and see if you can solve it because um, it, it did work. You know, we had a few thousand views on TikTok, but no one came up with a with an answer. So the first building that we went to was a place called Wood End Creative Workspace, um, which is an old kind of manor house. Um, and it was owned by the Sitwell family. Some of you may be aware of the Sitwell. They, they were a trio of kind of literacy, lit, literacy, if I can speak, uh, um, kind of like famous people within the, from like 1916 to 1930 was their kind of heady heights of fame. Um, they were kind of from Scarborough, but they, they moved to London and became kind of like the people to know and hang out with if you were an artiste and moving in those circles. And um, they built this place called Wood End in Scarborough, which was their kind of holiday home to come back to to their um, original hometown. And it's it's a really beautiful kind of old manor house that overlooks the sea with wooden panelled um, bookshelves and all the kind of butler's stairs and pantries and all these other things. And nowadays, it's a great place to visit. They have um, art exhibitions in there and it's a cafe and it's also a place for creative people to have a, a workspace. So definitely recommend a visit um, if you're ever in town. Those of you in the uh, Fortean Arena as well may be kind of aware of the name Sitwell because of Sichevarel Sitwell, who wrote Poltergeist Fact or Fancy, which was published in, I believe, 1940 as one of the one of the first kind of books just on the poltergeist, examining it. Um, I haven't read it yet. I have managed to get a hold of a first edition copy in amazing condition, which um, which is really exciting to have, especially with the kind of link to the town I live in. So I am going to read it one day and let you know what it's like. But yeah, the, this was his kind of building. And why we went there, so my whole team went to investigate and why we chose that is because it is normally quite an active building. It's got a lot of history. And um, I used to actually work in there for a number of years when it was first turned into kind of office spaces. The, the Sitwell family donated it to the town of Scarborough and it ended up being a museum. And all those museum pieces and all their history and meaning and attachment are still stored in the building, which is interesting in itself. And um, so I, I, t I just thought I'd tell you some of the stories that, that kind of occurred and why we, we investigated it. So one night while working in there, there was already kind of things going on in that building that we knew and noticed. But I turned up and it was about 9.30pm and I walked in, carrying a load of the gear after my, my hip hop school youth club that I used to run. And there was a man and he was dressed in like tweed. He very smart with a, a tie, a tweed jacket and tweed trousers stood kind of in this um, corridor and I said hello to him and he just completely ignored me and I thought, rude, but whatever. And he turned and he walked through the wall. I was like, okay. And it, it wasn't like a phantom. I thought it was a person. And interestingly, the next day, uh, my colleague was working very late and she worked um, downstairs 
and she was walking back up at 10 at night, it was around 10 o'clock. And um, she was a bit nervous because at the end of the corridor, she saw a man peering through the glass door at the other end of the corridor. And she thought, this is strange. And she felt a bit anxious because no one else normally worked at night that late. And she hadn't heard anyone else come in or anything like that. But she thought they might be lost or something. So she opened the door and the person that was peering through the glass was nowhere to be seen. And the doors are kind of slow moving. And if they'd gone through any of the doors, they, uh, you know, they would have still been open or closing as she, as she reached there from the time that she saw him to the time that she got to the door. So that was kind of validation of what I saw as well. Because often you question yourself, don't you? If you see something that's a bit out the way, you're like, did I really see that? Am I losing it? You know, so that was some some validation. And what's also interesting in this building is the lights would go on. So it's all a modern building with, with lights sensitive um, to movement. And the lights would go on on CCTV throughout the building as if someone is walking kind of through the building. They'd go in one corridor then they'd go in another corridor in order throughout the building. Also, there's footage. I haven't seen it, but I've been told by people that work there. There is footage of the cleaner walking out the lift in the morning and a figure, a ghostly figure, walks straight through her along the top of the corridor. So all these things and, and occur. And the butler's pantry is interesting in itself as you, you can hear footsteps, res residual footsteps. And then there's a room upstairs which um, I just feel awfully uncomfortable in. And when they actually got a paranormal team in, after I worked there and said this, they, they said the same thing again, which was that interesting validation. So it's, it's just in itself is a, a really kind of like interesting building for those things. So we went in and we, we kind of um, did an investigation from uh, 10 o'clock till I think around 2 p.m. And we got absolutely nothing. Nothing, not one little piece of evidence, not even a, a slight, oh, could this be something? There was nothing at all, apart from a hit that Pamela, our medium, got, which was really interesting. So um, she picked up a lady that was um, wearing this certain colour dress and a certain hairstyle, etc., etc. And um, it didn't ring any bells, and we didn't know why, and Pamela said, I'll just leave it with you. And um, we went in the butler's pantry, which was locked and um i haven't got i haven't got permission to use a name so I'll, I'll i'll just say the lady that works there which has now joined our team who's who's absolutely lovely because she had such a great night um she she hadn't been in there since these new paintings were put up and when we went in there pamela's never been in the building before and um no one else had seen these paintings either and she got a direct hit i mean she couldn't have described this person better unless she was stood in front of it and um, saw it first time. So that was really interesting. And um, for those who are interested, Pamela was interviewed earlier on the show. You can go back and have a listen to that. So that was that was really good. That was really interesting. But that was the only thing that kind of occurred in that building. So it was a bit of a disappointment, especially, you know, when someone's flown from another country to come and kind of film you doing your thing. So next we went to as uh, anyone's seen the TikTok thing, The Demon House, my old house in Brompton, which still gives me chills today. If, if you, it's probably worth a lot of money now, that house. It's been converted and done up and it's, it's really nice. And if you offered me that house for myself and my children as an inheritance now, I would say, no, I don't want it. 
that's genuinely, even if I was homeless, you might think I'm mad and not talking the truth, but if, if I was homeless, I would not take that building. It's so dark. And again, I spoke about it on previous shows, so I'm not going into it too much here. But we did an interview outside there. And um, then we went to York. And I was like, you can't come to England and not go to what is allegedly the most haunted city in the world. So I took Amelia around there on a little walk and um, we had some dinner and I took around some of the kind of famous haunted sites there, which was, you know, really fun and interesting to show her. And while we were there, she for a documentary, she did interview someone who went to a famous battleground. So she asked if she could um, go there and, and kind of film it for the documentary to go with it. And it was the Battle of Marston Moor, which occurred on the 2nd of July in 1644 um, with the parliamentarians and the royalists. The person she'd interviewed had been there and on the anniversary and basically seen a load of soldiers um, on horseback, I think, walking, you know, along and then and then vanishing. So we went there and um, I was mic'd up. So we got out of the car and within two minutes of being there, we heard what can only be described as the sound of a cannon. And it was really loud and it was right near us. But sadly, the microphone was de designed purposely to capture voice and blur out the other sounds. So we didn't capture it. But again, anyone that listens to the show frequently will know that I very much believe that is kind of the point of not to get proof that is really believable. Um, it's for the individuals that were there. But that, again, it was I think it was really lovely for Amelia to have that kind of confirmation. Now, I know what you're thinking. It could be a gas gun. It was really close to us and any gas gun would have been visible and there was nothing in any of the hedgerows nearby. It, it was close. It was very, very loud and very close. And um, we were blown away. And not long after, we then heard what sounded like a musket gun go off as well. So it was nearby, but it was a lot further away than the cannon. So that was interesting. So I may get my team down on the 2nd of July and go and visit that site. That should be uh, quite an interesting experience to see if we can capture anything there. Then we had uh, one last go to do an investigation and we went to a place that I've always wanted to investigate and it's the Rudston Monolith. And it's um, a late Neolithic monolith and it's the tallest monolith in the UK. It's quite a, you know, it's meant to be a really powerful kind of place um, with so much significance to pagans. And it's weird because it's, this massive pagan symbol, and it's they've built a church around it, which is interesting. Um, and Andrew lives in that village, and a friend of mine, I know he listens to this show, he told me that in local folklore, it was said that Satan himself had thrown a stone um, at the church and missed, and it got buried in the ground, and that's where it occurs. But yeah, you go to it, and embedded in the monolith was lots of different offerings of coins or trinkets of just strange little things so we we gave the monolith a, a bit of licorice as our little uh kind of offering to it and then we decided to do an investigation so we did a number of things there and we we tried to get things to occur we spent a good few hours and again what we thought is absolutely nothing happened um at one point i genuinely felt like I was going to faint, which isn't something that normally happens. It's not a normally a normal kind of James situation. 
I did have a lot to drink the night before, I must admit. It was Valentine's night and I felt a bit miserable. Um, so, uh, yeah, I went out and... Uh, so it must be February. That that confirms when it was. Um, yeah, so I went out and I... I but, but again, it's not something that normally happens. I don't normally feel faint. I literally felt like I was just going to fall over. So I, I knelt on the floor. Um, and that was the only kind of significant thing that happened. And again, it could be pure coincidence rather than anything paranormal. Um, but it's just not really happened before. Um, so that's why it was it was strange. And again, like it was really odd because and disappointing. We didn't get any footage. Um, nothing occurred. No EVPs. Um, we recorded on a, another camera and nothing happened there either. It's all just kind of what, what we, we got back. Nothing on the ghost box. Um, you know, and in one way, I suppose Amelia saw that I wasn't a fraud or a fake, you know, anything that I do try is the stuff that I generally try to, to kind of, of get evidence. Um, so that was that. So we went back to the car to pack up, but <laughs> this is when the interesting thing happened. So when I went back to the car, all the windows of my car were wound down every single one of them, not just one slightly left open, every single window was wound all the way down and the car was unlocked. Now, again, I've got ADHD and I know I'm terrible, so I always double-check the car and make sure the mirrors go in um, when I leave it. You know, it's kind of habit. And not only that, is, is we looked at the um, footage and all the windows were definitely up. That's, that's for certain. The windows were not down when we go. Now... A few people, there were two explanations given to me out of the few thousand people. I can't remember how many. A good few thousand people on, on TikTok that saw this. There, someone said, if you hold the keys down, the buttons down on the key, there's an automatic kind of unlock thing and it, it does that. I have tried it with my car and on my model or my brand of car. That That's not a case. It doesn't, it doesn't work. I've tried different... Um, Buttons at different times are both together, and it still doesn't doesn't do that. Someone said it, the battery could be could be gone, so I went and checked the battery, and that's absolutely fine as well. So we ruled those two things out. And just to tell you how how impossible this is, when I tried to wind, you've got to turn the engine on anyway, um, not the engine, but you've got to turn the electrics on. So you've got to put the power on button first to pull up uh, or down the windows. The other thing that makes it even more bizarre is I demonstrated kind of on, on film that I had the keys in my pocket. Even if I turned the power on in the car from being outside the car without the keys actually being inside the car, it says no key detected and won't power on. So you can't do the windows up or down. So that leaves only two explanations other than the paranormal for me, unless someone could come up with one, which I'm really interested to hear. Someone sneaked up, pickpocketed my, my keys without us seeing or coming on camera, went to my car, unlocked it, and we were, my car was right by it, and, and it's a very quiet place, and we would have heard the car being unlocked and door opening and closing, for starters. Went in my car, turned on the electrics, wound all the windows down without me hearing, went back to me, put the keys back in my pocket again without being seen and sneaked off. Or the only other explanation is someone has something that 
um, manages to control the electrics in my car and pulled up in their car or walking that we didn't know or see and managed to do that, a device I don't know. But why would they in the middle of nowhere? I mean, it is, if you look on the map, Rudston, R-U-D-S-T-O-N. It's, it's really kind of like, it's part of the Wald Newton Triangle. So any of you um, know, it's, it's meant to be like the Skinwalker Ranch level of activity of the UK. Um, and I know a few of you have heard a lot of kind of interviews with a friend of mine who will keep promising to get on the show and never do. We will get there one day and get him on, um, who does a lot of work on this. So, yeah, that, that occurred and that was really interesting. And it was lovely for Amelia to experience that because I still haven't come up with any logical, rational explanation but um, I'd love it if any of you can, can figure it out, the mystery, and then solve it. Um, whether it's paranormal or you have a rational explanation, let me know. Um, yeah, I'd be really interested to hear from you. Yeah, and on the way home, we, we stopped at um, this, this place, this church in Filey. So there's two stories attached to this. And again, we, unfortunately, we didn't get anything but it was nice to kind of go and, and look around. So there's a bridge. There's a bridge that leads up to the church. And um, I used to go out with this girl who lived in Humminby. And her brother's best friend told a story about his dad. I know it sounds like blah, blah, this person. This, but, you know, this this guy um, wasn't, wasn't the type to just make stories up. And I was there when he told the story. So it wasn't like third hand, it was second hand. But he told me that his dad was out jogging one morning. And he was on the bridge and a headless horseman, I know it sounds ridiculous, headless horseman came past and um, he, he said his dad was bedridden for two days because he was that terrified, just with fear, couldn't speak or move or do anything. He was terrified. Um, and he seemed really genuine when he told this story. But the other story that I was told, so I, I work with young people at, at this time and I was doing different one-to-ones and one one young person told me, that they were in the car park opposite this church, which is where kind of young people hung out and had naughty drinks when they weren't meant to. And um, this lad was, um, I think I think he was 12 or 13. And he said that he was there with his friends and this woman walked over from the church, started to approach them in, in an old type of dress and then vanished. And they all ran away. And I was like, all right, you know, it, didn't, it was interesting, but didn't pay as much t- attention to it until... Another lad who was um, either 18 or 19, and I said to him, oh, do you know so-and-so? And he's like, oh, no, I don't know him. So they didn't know each other. And he told me the same story of him and his friends. The same thing occurred. So that was interesting. But again, we, we didn't kind of get anything. So, yeah, th- those uh, are kind of just some stories to, that occurred uh, while we were doing this filming. So Amelia's going to come over again. What I should say is she's also, I can't remember, I said this earlier without listening back, but um, she is looking for anyone with animal stories to tell, animal ghost stories, that is, anything paranormal to do with animals. So if any of you have and you'd like to tell your story, or even better, be on camera to tell your story, then please do get in touch with me and I'll pass on your details to, to let, let her know. Um, so that's it, really. I just wanted to tell you those. Um, it'll be interesting to see the documentary when it's done, especially when we do some more. It's a shame she was hopefully hoping to come over for the um, the, the anniversary of Master Moore and do some filming then, but she's going to the States now. But she's coming back over in the summer to do some more filming. So if any of you have a place in Yorkshire that you'd like my team to come and investigate that isn't too far to drive, that we can film, 
please do get in touch and we will we will we'll come we'll be really genuine and honest with you as well um that's what we like so yeah and um i have have had a couple of people i don't know if the list of the show has just come separate fields that have um got in touch wanting me to deal with what they think is demonic stuff and just to say like my team doesn't doesn't deal with that thing um not really our bag i'm, I'm more the poltergeist guy uh <laughs> Demonic stuff, please just contact your local religious church. Catholic church is probably best for that. So, um, but obviously, I always appreciate people getting in touch anyway, and always try and offer offer advice where we can. And um, yeah, just before I go, I thought I'd I'd tell you um, we had a, a two hour philosophical debate about lots of different things, but I came up with this analogy. I think that was to do with my kind of spiritual understanding of the world and we had this this debate with um a lovely young man from sounds like being really patronizing a man he's younger than me let's put it that way from brazil and again i haven't asked permission so i won't say his name um but he's a sociologist and a really intelligent chap and we had a really lovely debate about reality and the acceptance of insignificance to to reach your level of peace really and he disagreed and said that even the, our conversation right now is, is really important because that's the most important thing to us right now. And again, he, he's completely right. But I came up with this analogy and I'll just, I'll just give it to you to, to think about. So if you have a screw and that screw holds up your entire house and if you pulled that screw out, you know, it would make the house unstable. That screw is, is really important, isn't it? But if that screw only identifies as being a screw, a screw and does not see itself beyond that screw and sees itself as being that screw is really, really important, then that's where it begins and ends. And without not seeing its importance on its own, but seeing its insignificance to the total, the total of everything, then it will just be a screw. It will never be the entire structure itself. And that's my belief in terms of seeing our insignificance in the universe. Because by doing that, and you break it down to the same thing that the stars are made of, we are made of, you then become the universe, don't you? And that allows you to kind of almost be at one with things. So that, that was kind of the conclusion of the conversation. So I just thought I'd share that with you. I bet you're all there going, shut up, James, you idiot. But there you go. Just an interesting little concept for you to think about what you have your cup of coffee anyway i'm gonna go because this is just me again non-scripted ramblings i know some of you find it interesting <laughs> and um again i just really i always feel guilty for not putting content out i really do i beat myself up literally every day when i haven't done it but i, I will try it once i caught up with things to get stuff out there um I, i've written so many shows as well again this year that i've not put out because i've not finished it and there was some really funny stuff as well but never mind but yeah, much love to you all, as always. When I do the proper show, I'm going to thank the individuals that have donated to the Coffee Fund. Um, I, honestly, it, I pay every month whether I put a show out or not. And um, with the cost of living, it's it's just another outgoing. I'm paying for the Mac, as you know. So thank you so much. Deeply appreciated. And I will personally thank each of you on the next show when I put it out. Um, again, just to, to remind everyone, I'm doing a sponsored stay with the 
allegedly most violent poltergeist in the in the world, the Black Monk, and that's sponsored to raise money for a domestic abuse charity. And I'll put the link up. At the moment, um, I've paid £100 on my own money and I've not covered my costs for the next couple of hundred I have to pay to, to stay there. So I'm going to do a, few, a bit of press release and everything and get it out there and hopefully get more and more people interested. But if you could just share that link on social media... Um, I'd like to not have to pay, to be honest, <laughs> um, to do stuff. And uh, more importantly, I would like to raise a lot of money for, for charity. Um, it's an amazing charity. And I know people have got in touch. Um, when I announced it on TikTok, I was overwhelmed, actually, by how many people. Um, I think I got 20,000 views just in, in two days. And how many people have got in touch with me that have been victims of domestic abuse. So um, it's... It's such an important thing. Um, I know, and I do know people that listen to the show have experienced that as well. And um, it's for you that I'm doing it, and I'm going to stay overnight and live stream it with the Black Monk on my own. It's um, it's a little bit daunting. I know, and I do stuff like this on my own quite often, um, but this seems a bit next level, to be honest. I think, um, I think the 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 other times that I do stuff, I've got the option of just going. You know, it's like if I go in the haunted forest and things start getting thrown at me and I'm on my own in the middle of the night, I could just go, right, I've had enough now, I'll leave. And the same with buildings, I can pack up. Whereas this, I've got to do the whole night because it's for charity. So not having that kind of exit thing, if I do get overwhelmed, is, is a, you know, what would I do if, if the I did get hurt? I have been scratched before and I have had ligature hands appear on my my kind of lower just above the wrists on my hands, which then left a rash for days. But this, uh, yeah, I know lots of people have had stuff. Hopefully I'll just go and have quite a peaceful night and make a cup of tea and just chat to people online like I do when I do the live streams. Um, I'll put the TikTok links on there. Um, I, as you know, I go and do little ghost stories where I visit places and, um, yeah, they seem to be really popular. And, um, yeah, I'll put the sponsored link and anyone, you know, if you could just share it, it, it honestly, it, it would, it takes a minute, but it's just, um, really positive to, to get that out there. And the more people that see it and sponsor me is, is brilliant. If we can, that, that charity helps so many people. And the reason I'm doing it is, is they've helped people I know who've been in desperate situations. Um, and that, that charity has been and, and given them amazing advice and support them. So it's, um, it's a very, very meaningful and important, important charity. They're, they're amazing. So thank you so much. Um, and just for fun as well, and I um, spoke about it in the past, I, I created a, a, a 40 and playlist on Spotify. So I'll post that link as well. So if you want to go on, it's anything that has a vague reference to stuff 40. And so it isn't your typical kind of Ghostbusters songs. It's anything that might have a link. And there's obscure stuff on there. There's stuff about Roswell, um, and they're all just like random songs with that 14 connection. So if any of you are bored and want some music, some of it's absolutely terrible, some of it's absolutely amazing. Um, go on, and some of it's famous and some of it is so obscure. I think they've got like five listeners on Spotify. Um, and I just keep adding to it and people send me stuff and I add it to it as well. So um, yeah, be really good to if you're, if you're interested to go and have a listen and, and see what you think. Um, but yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm going to leave it there. Much love to each of you and stay safe. I know times are really difficult. I always say this at the moment. Times are really difficult. There's a lot of negative things in the world. And, um, you know, again, that makes me feel guilty for not putting a show out because I enjoy, I know it, it means a lot to people just to have some distraction. And, and a lot of you, 
God knows why, but really enjoy this show. And, um, you know, I, f- I feel really humbled and, and makes me feel very warm <laughs> when I get your, your messages. So much love to you all. Again, I've said that about 10 times. And I'm going to go before I just do another embarrassing ramble that I listen back to and go, why did I do that? So take care. Blessings to, to each and every one of you. Good night. Thank you for listening to the 14 News Podcast. Please check the show notes for the link to coffee to buy James a cup of coffee to help him stay awake while he writes the show. You can also show your appreciation by leaving a review and telling your friends. Until next time.